Do you ever want to dive deeper into the Bible, but you just don't know where to begin or struggle to feel like you even have the time? When you read the Bible, do you get frustrated because you know there's so much more in there? You just have no clue how to get it out? Or maybe you want to know the Bible better, so you're looking for resources to help. Then this is the podcast for you. Welcome to the Context and Color of the Bible podcast. We're sisters. I'm Veronica. I'm Erica. And we love to study the Bible, and we love to help others understand it better. When it comes to our own study of Scripture, we have found that in bringing back the context of Scripture, it adds so much to our understanding. It actually adds color to the black and white pages of the text. So for those of you listeners who know Adventures in Odyssey, (laughs) we were literally in the middle of recording a podcast when Adventures in Odyssey started playing on your computer. (laughs) Oh, and for those of you who are curious, it was by any other name. Yep. Was the episode title. An old one. (laughs) Yes. But so we stopped everything, turned off Odyssey. Yes. And we're starting again. Yes. But this is episode 176. We have been last the last two weeks, Erica set up prophet, priest and king. Yeah. This week, we're going to talk about sacred space. Yes. And ultimately in sacred space has to do with our topic on holiness. Mm-hmm. So go back and listen to that episode if you haven't. Right. I still didn't look it up and it's in the planner from last year. It's, so I can't yeah. tell you which episode it is. It's part of Old Testament treasures. Yes. It's roughly in 168. Yeah. Right around there. But the idea is we're building foundations. Yes. The idea of sacred. Sacred is the same word as holy. Right. So you need to understand when Erica says sacred space, that means holy space. Right. Which means set apart space. Right. And there's a reason for that. And we're going to see has Erica, because what Erica's been doing is she's been building those shelves and then weaving themes and threads through them. Mm-hmm. And this is one that apparently I didn't realize until she started recording before. <laughs> it's a hot topic. <laughs> those right. of you who know Erica, <laughs> right. here we go again. Right. But it's one that's often misunderstood. Yes. Yeah. And I didn't realize it till Erica pointed out her kid's Bible illustration. Yes. So like, do you commonly, want to? It's very common in adults. We do this all the time, too. You know, it's common. I've, I actually have heard my kids come home and they'll say, oh, yeah, we learned Samuel was working in the temple. And I'll go, well, <laughs> it was the tabernacle. We commonly, excuse me, confuse temple, tabernacle, where are they, what are they? Mm -hmm. And that's part of sacred space. It's a huge part of scripture, Mm -hmm. this theme of sacred space, where it is, why we have it, why we need it, and how does it end? And that's what, Lord willing, we're going to do in the podcast today, trace that theme quickly through scripture. So Veronica... You've already talked about what is sacred space. It's that holy space designated. Right. Set apart. Set apart. Obviously then for the Lord mm-hmm. is what makes it holy. Why do we need sacred space? I guess as we were talking before, it's kind of the idea of God goes here. You want to be in my presence. Here's the boundaries. Right. Here's where you come to be with me. And I kind of thought, and I'll throw this out now, it's kind of like if you know somebody, it's special when you get to go to their house. Right. You know, yes. there's a lot of people in the community yes. that I know that I say hi to. Right. But they don't all have access to my house. 
they don't all know where I live. You know, even my kids have YouTube channels and it's like, I keep telling them, please don't tell people (laughs) where you live. Right. That's a special intimate connection that you get with someone when you go, I know where you live. I can go visit you. (laughs) I've been in your house. I may have left (laughs) gifts for you. Right. Like ducks. (laughs) Like ducks at your house. Right. So in a way, it's kind of like, God goes, this is my house. Right. And in a way, yes, everyone has access to it, but you don't. Right. You know, God goes, here's how you access my house. And I guess that's what we're going to hit first Mm -hmm. is why we lost the access. Right. Because in Genesis 1 and 2, Veronica, what we see is an element of God's house Mm -hmm. in the Garden of Eden. That is the Garden of Eden. It is his home. We miss this reference in scripture when it says in Genesis 2, on the seventh day, God rested. Mm -hmm. In the ancient Near East, that verbiage where the God rested was the idea of a God had finished creating and he was now taking up residence in his home. Mm -hmm. And where does a deity reside but in a temple? Mm -hmm. And he's now ready to run that part of the world from his home, his temple, Mm -hmm. his space. I'm done establishing everything. It's all set up. Now I'm I'm reigning. Right. And so the Garden of Eden was the original sacred space on earth. Mm -hmm. And God puts man and woman in the Garden of Eden with him. Mm -hmm. There's an innocence in man and woman. They are able to be in the holy God's presence. Mm -hmm. Genesis 3, they sin. Mm -hmm. And they get one of the earliest things God does is say, okay, you're out of the garden. Mm -hmm. You are out of my home, Mm -hmm. which is why we lost access to God's home. Right. They didn't get kicked off the earth. Right. They They still get to be in the whole earth. You just don't get this bound, marked off area. Right. My sacred space Mm -hmm. is now off limits to you guys. Mm -hmm. And so what you have then through the rest of Genesis is God choosing Abraham, Israel to be his people. Mm -hmm. He makes them a nation set apart for him. So they're a holy nation. Mm -hmm. They get enslaved by Egypt. He redeems them. And the first thing he does is bring them to Mount Sinai, Mm -hmm. where they enter into that covenant with God, the Mosaic covenant. And one of the first things God has them do as part of the covenant. Do you still have Veronica Exodus 25 verse eight? Let them construct a sanctuary for me that I may dwell among them. And why does he want them to construct a sanctuary? Well, again, it's that idea of the boundaries. Here's where I'm going to be. You cross this line. You're in my presence. Right. Because you don't just because of sin. Right. You don't just get to walk into that. Right. Cross that boundary line. Right. There's an issue now. Mm -hmm. God is holy and man is not. Mm -hmm. But God desperately wants to be with his people Mm -hmm. to come down and dwell among them. Mm -hmm. So his his plan is to have a sacred space on earth again where God can dwell and man somehow is now able to enter Mm -hmm. that sacred space. Mm -hmm. And the point of the tabernacle is is for God to dwell among his people. Mm -hmm. So the tabernacle was the first thing God had Israel build. It was a tent, a portable temple, you could call it. Right. Um, Well, they were still wandering. I mean, in a way, you go, God knew they're not here yet. We got 40 years of this wandering, and I want to go with them. Yes. So you need something 
Yeah, movable. Per- yeah, movable. Yes. Easy, light to carry. I'm sure not light. Things were like 75 pounds. Right. Some <laughs> of it was heavy. But the idea of it could move with them as they moved. Yes. And waiting till they got to the land God chose. Yes. So the tabernacle was perfect for where they were. The mm-hmm. rest of the people are, they're all living in tents. Mm-hmm. God now is living in a tent with his people. But because he's the king, Veronica, mm-hmm. what type of a temp? Well, he gets the best looking one, <laughs> which is he, a legitimate thing right, for your king. Because we talk about that in Exodus, the idea of if this, if your God's temple, his tent represents him to the rest of the world, you want it to look impressive. Yes, that's where my God lives. Yeah. Because I want it to be dirty. No, because if you go, naked. hey, that's my God over there and that's where he lives and it's just some run down ninja it'd be like right oh your god's not very impressive right you know i mean why in america do we have the white house yeah why do we why do celebrities have such huge mansions it's all about presentation Presentation. (laughs) you know it's all about look good because and truthfully in a way you kind of go the better my house looks the bigger it looks the more grand it looks right the more you think of me Right. Sadly. There, there's an element. We are right. flesh. We yes. are flesh and blood people. And there's a, an element where presentation does help us mm-hmm. to go, oh, this tent is impressive. Your God must be impressive. Right. It's just the way it works. Mm-hmm. And God deserves the best. Right. Because he is king. Right. And so his tabernacle, this portable temple, was built with gold and acacia wood and beautiful um cloth Mm -hmm. fabric fabric thank you but it was able to be moved as his people were moved around the wilderness right as well so it was a perfect place it was a perfect design and he it was based on the heavenly design and the garden of eden pictures of trees and ideas of fruits and flowers were Mm -hmm. woven into so even that a big initial sacred space was mm-hmm. pulled forward into the design of the tabernacle. Mm-hmm. So God now is able to take up residence on earth once again. And at the end of Exodus chapter 40, we read God's presence, mm-hmm. fire falling from heaven and God's presence entering the tabernacle. And this is huge right? because this is the first time since the Garden of Eden, God's presence, like a maybe even just a drop, right? but a tiny element of God's presence is now on earth earth mm-hmm. again but veronica <laughs> moses can't go in right nobody's able to enter <laughs> right. it there's still that unholy mm-hmm. people you can't cross this line i mean it's right. so crazy to me it's literally a tent right like outside you're fine right you walk you cross that line right you drop dead right i mean that's in a way you go how huge is god that he allows mm-hmm. fabric to, to contain pro- to protect, contain him yeah. and protect us. Yes. But you go, on the other hand, you go, oh, I want to cross that line. <laughs> I mean, I want to, if I really right. love God. I want to be there. And I want to be there. I want to cross that line. And God goes, and I want you to cross that line. Hence the book of Leviticus. Yes. How does an unholy person enter a holy God's presence safely mm-hmm. sacrifices mm-hmm. the priesthood those are such a gift mm-hmm. of God mm-hmm. and so you have this priesthood made holy by God so mm-hmm. they can enter his presence carrying the presence of your fellow Israelites man woman child yep. old young 
into the presence of God. Mm-hmm. So you have the t- uh, sacred space of the tabernacle. Yep. In time, Israel enters the land, conquers it. David comes along, sets up the capital of Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. And he, being a shrewd leader and a lover of God, wants to connect the government and the religion mm-hmm. of Israel. And the best way to do that is to build a temple for the Lord in Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. But David honestly also goes, I'm in a in a palace. Right. Should not my God be in a palace? Right. And God says, no, you're a man of war. My sacred space, David, is so special and holy. I can't have a man with blood on his hands. Which is crazy because you go, well, he was kind of conquering it for you. Right. <laughs> he was doing it in but, your name to expand your kingdom. Right. But you still have blood on your hands. Right. So instead, God gives David a son who mm-hmm. reigns in peace, Solomon. And Solomon builds this beautiful temple mm-hmm. to the God of Israel. And this becomes Israel's permanent sacred space, Mm -hmm. the temple. God's presence falls on this first temple like it did on the tabernacle, Mm -hmm. fire from heaven. It's amazing. I think so. It's early on in first Kings. Mm -hmm. First, I think eight. Yeah. And it's just, it's an amazing Mm -hmm. moment. Mm -hmm. And again, you see that fire come down that in a way, that cloud, that heaviness. Right. Everybody sees it. They do in Exodus. They do in first Kings. Yeah. God comes in. His presence is And you just got to go, oh, right. What would that have been like? Right. I can't, we can't even. Right. The most amazing worship service Mm -hmm. on the planet Mm -hmm. to know God's presence, to see it enter right right there. Well, several hundred years go by. Mm-hmm. Israel continues to struggle with her end of the covenant. Slightly. Slightly. And eventually, God says, okay, I have to discipline you. Mm-hmm. You have pushed and disobeyed so much like a good parent. He just, he has to discipline his people. And he lets them go into exile and his temple get destroyed. Which had to be heartbreaking Heartbreak, and yes. like, oh. I mean, to think we're God, because God doesn't need me to really protect him. He doesn't need me to defend. And he makes that obvious in Kings. Right. More than once. Right. He protects himself. I even think with Daniel 5 that we just did with your husband. yes. You know, the idea of Belshazzar using his golden. Those instruments. Yeah. God goes, yeah, okay, we're done. Right. You only mess around You cross the line. Yes. (laughs) Right. So when... An enemy comes in to God's temple. Mm-hmm. You know, and that would be interesting too, because in the ancient Near East world, the thought was if I conquer your nation mm-hmm. and your temple, it means my God is bigger and stronger than your right. God. But Israel was unique in that they said, oh, no, 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 no. Our God let it happen. Mm-hmm. They were the only nation that made that claim that our God could do this. Mm-hmm. He chose not to because we're being disciplined. Mm-hmm. Like that was a mind-blowing thought back then. But what we often miss is before the temple was destroyed, and it's found in Ezekiel chapter 10 and chapter 11, God's presence leaves the temple. Right. But as you watch it in Ezekiel, it goes east. Which we talked about in our Esther podcast. Yes, it goes east with his people. Mm-hmm. So in one sense, yes, God's sacred space is gone but his presence still goes with his people, mm-hmm. even in exile, even into discipline. 
in time, Veronica, he, after 70 years, brings his people back to Israel. Back mm-hmm. to the land. Mm-hmm. But the temples have been destroyed. The walls of Jerusalem have been broken down. It's a mess. Mm-hmm. And as you read through the prophets, um, especially Haggai, um, not Ezekiel, Ezra. Mm-hmm. Ezra and Nehemiah. Yeah. You'll, what you find is God constantly pushing his people rebuild my Mm -hmm. home you have a home to dwell in you've returned to the land you've built your own homes what about my home Mm -hmm. god's temple matters to him it is important to Mm -hmm. him you see places in scripture where he says i delight in my temple i love my temple my temple is precious this is an important thing to god this sacred space because god wants a place where he can dwell among his people right where he can be with us and where we can safely come to his presence Mm -hmm. and so he pushes them build build and so they do they rebuild a temple so this would be the second temple Mm -hmm. And it's not as big, and it's not as impressive. Well, truthfully, David stored, David gathered all the resources for, what, seven years? Yes, I think so. I mean, you kind of go, okay, they're coming back to a wasteland. Yeah, they are rebuilding from ground zero. Yeah, you're not, you don't have the, your gold, your silver, all your finery has been Mm -hmm. taken. Your land has been destroyed. Right. So you're not going to have the resources right and the time but yet to me i go that also goes that's not really what's the most important thing right the most important thing is i want a place on earth where you and i can be safely together yeah yeah and yet so god's so even in that god's not all about the showy the elaborate Mm -hmm. ultimately right he wants to be with his people right yeah, that's so a you good get point. it built because right. what he does then do he does do renovations. <laughs> you <laughs> I could love say that that is such a good way to put it. Yes, get it you done. Build it, get it done. We'll fix it later. <laughs> that's great. That is so true. He does. You build it, God will fix it. Uh huh. He'll build it how he wants it. Oh, that's hilarious. That's so true because that's what happens. Mm-hmm. So that's so funny. Yes, for several hundred years, it is a small little temple, but it's active. Mm-hmm. And like they're active in they're it. active in it yes okay. you have the priesthood back they're sacrificing daily in it and eventually you do get this apathy with it okay because when god doesn't move in our time frame you mm. do begin to wonder god are you ever going to move you know because they're back in the land they mm-hmm. have the temple they're just waiting for the messiah mm-hmm. and god says i'm gonna send him but in my time Well, eventually God sends the Messiah, but first they get a king called Herod. Mm -hmm. And Herod the Great was a cruel man, but he wanted desperately to be adored. And one of the ways he wanted to get the Jewish people to love him was he took their temple and he rebuilt it like section by section. Right, because you can't totally take it down. Right, because then it's gone. Right. And how do you sacrifice? And we have instruments and things in the temple we have to be careful with Mm -hmm. and so as i understand it like they trained the priests to be carpenters they Mm -hmm. tore it down literally like wall by wall so they would put up a a curtain over it so you still couldn't see inside then they tear down one wall rebuild it make it huge then they'd go to the next wall it took 60 70 years okay to rebuild this temple so this is still considered the second temple Mm mm-hmm 
This is during the time of Jesus and Paul and the disciples. This temple is being rebuilt into this massive, like Herod extended the temple mount. So it had a great foundation. Some of the stone blocks were enormous Mm -hmm. that they brought for this temple. It became this gorgeous temple. It had a gold roof so that in the morning the sun would hit it just right and the whole temple would shine. And even the rabbis who really have nothing good to say about Herod because he was (laughs) such a cruel man have to go like, but the temple was beautiful. (laughs) Like it was beautiful. God wanted some good renovations. (laughs) Right. And he's willing to use a wicked man's money. Like it's the cattle on a thousand hills he owns. So you know what? Why not? So it was a beautiful temple. And while this temple is being rebuilt in a tiny town, hours away, a little baby, not too far actually from the temple, I guess, Bethlehem was born. Mm -hmm. Jesus was born. And we have the Messiah. We have the temple. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't go like anybody expects. Nope. And the Messiah is crucified, but is raised from the dead. And he does warn his believers, his followers, this temple is going to be torn down. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to warn you right now. Now, there's multiple reasons. The rabbis have their set of reasons. Mm-hmm. Christians today, we have our set of reasons why the temple was born d- torn down. I think part of it was discipline mm-hmm. because they did not recognize their Messiah. Mm-hmm. But I think also part of it was discipline because this, the hatred that the Jewish people showed. It was a very difficult time period in Israel's history. And especially by the end, when the revolt happened against Rome. In 70 AD. In 70 AD, like Jew was killing Jew. Hmm. It was really, they just turned on each other. Mm -hmm. And it was a horrible what happened. Mm -hmm. And so I think partly as consequence for that, their lack of love for each other, mm-hmm. God again exiled his people. Mm-hmm. And so again, the temple was torn down. Mm-hmm. Because persecution came and the, they yes. scattered. They had, yeah, they were forced to leave. They, a, yeah. They left the land. They went everywhere. So in a way you right. kind of go, you have, if the, if the people are going, God's going, it's a good shake up what's going on. Right. And it shook them up. Like mm-hmm. they to this day still mourn over mm-hmm. the fact that that temple was destroyed and they don't have a temple anymore. They still mourn it every year. It's a big deal mm-hmm. as a nation. That memory and that acknowledgement of our temple's gone still right. hangs over them. Right. Their sacred space is gone. Mm-hmm. Now, while Jesus was on earth, he loved the temple. Mm-hmm. His disciples loved the temple. The Acts talks about they are in the temple daily praying. They delight in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus w- wept over the destruction of the temple. It mm-hmm. broke his heart that his father's temple was going to be destroyed. So this was not a good thing to celebrate. It was a devastating mm-hmm. discipline. Jesus and the disciples loved and delighted in the temple, not in the corruption of the high priest. Right. If you've heard us talk about that, but in the temple itself, mm-hmm. God's presence was they delighted in it. But in Acts, what you also see is God's presence coming down in a new way. Mm-hmm 
on believers. Mm-hmm. I think it's Acts chapter two. Mm-hmm. And you get that fire from heaven again, falling on men, women, children, and the presence of God is now entering into people mm-hmm. because of the death and resurrection of Jesus. God is able to dwell in people mm-hmm. in a way he never had been before. And so because the presence of God resides in these people, Paul comes along uh, later and says, you are the temple. Mm-hmm. God's presence is now in you, collective, the body of Christ, because as you come together and God's presence is there, well, then you're the temple. So in one sense, even though the temple was still standing at that point. Yes. The, yes. I just want to make that clear of the temple wasn't yes. gone the moment Jesus died and done no, away. with. it was go to our Acts podcast and yes. you see they are still in the temple decades yes. after Jesus died. Yes. Definitely. It's, it meant a lot. That's why Jewish believers, when they came to re- understanding that Jesus was their Messiah, often they would sell everything they had and move to Jerusalem mm-hmm. because the temple was there mm-hmm. and it fueled their love for the temple. It increased mm-hmm. their love because this is where the, the father's presence is. My God's presence is here. I want to be here. Mm-hmm. And they're waiting for their king to return. And that's where he's going to return And he's going to return to Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. So they loved the temple and it was still around for 40 plus years after the death and resurrection of Jesus. Mm-hmm. But eventually God says, okay, enough's enough. I have to send discipline. And the temple gets destroyed. Most of Israel gets dispersed right. throughout the lands. And that's where we've been for 2,000-ish years. years. Yes. Now, this part is speculation. Right. Right. So I'm going to tell you're looking you, ahead now, now I'm looking ahead. That's past, mm-hmm. but based on prophets and mm-hmm. we could put it in the show notes, mm-hmm. um, Bible verses and based on revelation and based on what I have heard others, right. I'm getting this from other Bible teachers that I respect. Mm-hmm. This is what a potential future will look like. Mm-hmm. I don't know how exactly it's going to happen, Okay, but eventually Jesus will return mm-hmm. he will we do know that one. well that, this part we <laughs> no do one's know gonna disagree right, with no. you. he will physically return to earth mm-hmm. and he will set a foot on mount zion mm-hmm. and a new temple mm-hmm. will be built mm-hmm. a third temple mm-hmm. sacred space will once again be on earth mm-hmm. in a way it hasn't been in over two thousand years mm-hmm. And Jesus will rule from Jerusalem, the nations. I mean, it is so Isaiah 2, I think it is, Micah 4, talk about the nations coming to Israel saying, let us go up to the house of the Lord. That's the temple. Mm -hmm. Take us to the God of Jacob that we may learn his ways. Mm. So we will have Jesus ruling from Jerusalem over Israel and through Israel, the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. The temple will be rebuilt. God's presence will dwell in a massive way in that temple. Mm-hmm. And the kingdom of God will cover the earth. The glory of the Lord. I mean, it'll be amazing for a thousand years. The devil, his angels will be locked up. Uh, I think it says in Revelation, like those who are dead will come back to life. They'll be Mm -hmm. raised, resurrected, and they will rule and reign with Jesus for a thousand years. It's going to be amazing. Mm -hmm. 
after a thousand years, the nations will show that they are just as stubborn as Israel is. They are just as foolish and hard-hearted. The devil will be let out and he will convince the nations to say, we don't need Israel. We don't need her king. And we definitely don't want her God. Mm -hmm. And they will come against Israel and Jerusalem. And the battle will be over before mm. it's even begun. And at that point, it'll be done. Mm -hmm. And the wicked will be judged and thrown into the lake of fire. The righteous will be resurrected for eternal life. And God <clears throat> will make all things new, a new heavens mm -hmm. and a new earth. But this time, according to Revelation 21, 22, there will be no temple in the recreation mm -hmm. of earth and the heavens. And we're hinted at, it's hinted at, and I think we're told why in the rest of the chapter and in chapter, um, chapter 21 and 22, because when the new Jerusalem comes down out of heaven on this new good earth, John gives us interesting information. He says it's a perfect cube, mm -hmm. this new Jerusalem. Huge cube, but a perfect cube. What else is a perfect cube in scripture? The Holy of Holies. The Holy of Holies, the place where God's presence physically resides. Mm -hmm. And so I think what the scripture is telling us right there is the new Jerusalem becomes the holy of holies and the rest of the universe becomes the holy place. Mm -hmm. It's like when he's recreating the earth and the heavens, maybe one way he does it is he takes sacred space and he rips it open mm -hmm. and it floods everything mm -hmm. and everything that is not of him is burned up and it is gone mm -hmm. and what belongs to him what is holy stays alive and is raised to life and so all of the universe becomes sacred space because god's presence dwells now everywhere mm -hmm. it fills everyone and everything and so all of this is holy. So there's no longer that distinction between I'm out of God's presence right. and I'm in God's presence. I am always, I'm always. In there. You're back God's to presence. the idea of the garden. Yes, but mm -hmm. bigger. But yeah, and better. Mm -hmm. Yes, and God will finally dwell with His people, fully and completely. There will be no sin. There will mm -hmm. be no death. Mm -hmm. It will be. It'll be amazing. Right. 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 So that's a picture <laughs> of sacred space. <laughs> because the idea is from beginning to end of the Bible, Genesis 1 to Revelation 22, God wants to be with his people. Yes. And so, so and things happen in between those two. <laughs> a lot of things. <laughs> sacred spaces. Right. But the idea is God wants to be with us. Yes. And dwell with us. And even... To, and, in a way to go, okay, he dwells in us. He does, but I have no problem walking to anyone's presence and not falling down dead. Right. You know, even right. the most holy, the most right. perfect man you can think of right. still doesn't carry God's presence in the way God's presence did in the temple. Right. You know, there's right. still a distinction. Right. Of just, and you go, okay, God, that's what I want. That's what I'm longing right. for with this idea of sacred space. Right. I want to walk and know I'm in God's presence. Right. 
you know, there's those people who have like their prayer closets or just that Mm -hmm. idea. And it's like, or that time where you do have that sweet communion and you go, I just felt God's presence there in my prayers, in my worship. And you go, that's what we're looking for, but it's going to be so much better. It's going to be forever. Mm -hmm. It won't be an in and out like you Mm -hmm. said. Right. Yeah. So that's sacred space. Yep. We, and what we're doing is prophet, priest, king, sacred space, we need these foundations laid and holiness because mm-hmm. when we get back to a book study, right, these are going to be important foundations that have been laid. So get these ones, understand these, right? Because when we do the book study, this we're not will. sure when, right? <laughs> this right. is a good foundation you're going to need, right? But it also just helps you understand scripture of right. where are the people? What is you know? Right. I think one of the things people struggle with is reading the Old Testament. What is going on? Right. What is God calling them to? Think about sacred space then. Right. If you're reading a minor prophet or one of the major prophets, is God calling them back to, I need that sacred space? Right. Or are they watching as that sacred space is destroyed? Right. You know, keep that in mind. That's such a big part of Mm -hmm. the minor prophet, the prophets. Yeah. What's going on? If you're struggling with reading it, that's one question to ask yourself. Yep. So thanks for joining us. As always, don't forget, we are on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest. We would love for you to interact. We often have graphics, questions going on so you can discuss with us. Yep. Tell us what you what you learned, what you thought. Sometimes you go, oh, what about this verse? Erica should have said right. this. That's right. when it gets exciting yes. when you make those connections. <laughs> yes, we love to read yes. about those. So we will talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.